as time <clears throat> keeps ticking off, you know, we ask the question, how much time do we have? We don't know, but here we are in uh, New Year's Day 2012. Can you believe that? It sounds like a, a science fiction thing. 2012, you know? What, like, what is that? But it's real, and this is, this is the way it is. And, but God is real, too, and that's the most important thing. And we, we always, you know, we, we don't want to look to, like, what man can do and what man can think of, but, but we want to focus on what God can do. And that's a, a, it's a whole way, a different way of life, really. But, you know, a few things, you know, in the new year, uh, you know, maybe you're going to get a new car this year. Or maybe you're going to get a new house. Or maybe a new job. A new shirt. Some new shoes, maybe. New hairstyle. I, I have to tell you this, like two nights ago, I had a dream that I had a full head of hair. And it was so weird. I was looking in the mirror and I was trying to tug on it to see if it was really not like it, I thought it was got to be a wig. I'm having this dream and I'm going, this is weird. <sighs> so if I come in next week, like with a full head of hair. See, I don't know how you do that. Go to the, the hair club for men and like, how would you like show up the next week with a full head of hair? People are going to go like, how would I do that? I'd have to have them, like, plan it, like, like, you know, gradually, you know, one row, and then next week, the next row, and gradually, you know, over a period of a year, like, you wouldn't notice a difference, right? <laughs> now, that sounds like science fiction. But is there anything really new, and what does, what does new mean? You know, even the new stuff you buy nowadays, it has all kinds of recycled stuff in it, right? It's like you have to, by law. Or if it, if it is kind of new, it doesn't stay new very long. When you get that new car, what happens? Like you, you go to the store and there's a scratch or a dent in it. I looked up at the dictionary, what does new mean? And I'll explain why I'm going this way in a second. But new means having recently come into existence or unfamiliar. Having recently come into existence or unfamiliar or new to you, in other words. And and uh, from the uh, Blue Letter Bible, talking about new in terms of the Bible, uh, I found this interesting. New meaning recently made or fresh or recent or new of a new kind, unprecedented, uncommon, unheard of. And that's the kind of things that we see in the Bible. There is new stuff all over the Bible. There's new stuff in the world, but you have to kind of question, what, what does new mean? But when, when we talk about new in the Bible... It's all over the Bible. Just get your concordance out or your Bible program and put the word new in there, and you'll see it just pops up over and over and over again, this idea of new. And so we're talking about new stuff. And, and you know what? I want, I want new stuff in my life this year. I really, I want the, but I want the new stuff that comes from God. You know, new stuff is cool. You know, a new hairstyle would be kind of cool. Uh, new shirts, that'd be kind of cool. But what really matters in life is the new stuff that God can give. And, and you know, there is a, some side of us, though, that we don't like change, you know. New means different, and, and you know, we kind of fight against the change a little bit. How about you? Do you ever fight against change? I don't want change. But yet we get bored if everything stays the same. We're kind of like, how does God put up with us? We're kind of like schizophrenic, you know. We want new, but we want old and, you know, the whole story. 
But what I want to, uh, and I'm going to look at a bunch of different things that are new that talks about in the Bible, but, um, you know, it's not about resolutions, it's not about willpower, it's about God and what God can, can do and what God will do. That's what it's about. And that's what I, if we could focus on God this year, and what God's going to do. Not focus on me, what I'm going to do. I'm going to make a resolution. I'm going to have the willpower to do this and to do that. And, you know, it's like me saying, you know, I'm going to make a resolution. I'm going to grow hair this year. You know, like, is it going to happen? No, but I could get really, you know, a lot of willpower going on that thing. And, and what good will, will it do? But, but that God is going to do something in my life. So we want to see what God's going to do, what God can do. What, the, what does the Bible talk about? We can only kind of put things together, but God is a creator. And when you study this, this idea of creation, starting in Genesis 1-1, that God created the heavens and the earth, the word for create is a word that means actually creating out of nothing, that he is able to create out of nothing. You and I, we can create things, but we have to take stuff that we already have and put them together. But God, on the other hand, is the creator. And he, he's the one that can do new stuff. And that's what, what you and I need. So the question, what does God have for you for, for this year, for me this year? What, is there something new he wants to do? Maybe for our church, there's some new areas, some new avenues. And I think, I think we need to think about it. And then we need to ask him, God, what is it you want to do in my life? Was there something new, some new direction, new thing? It's a brand new year, brand new day. So... Maybe there's one thing in these things that will reach you, one thing that will encourage you, maybe one thing that will give you hope and, and maybe give you a little bit of a boost in your faith that God is in the, is in the business of new things. First thing, and, and, and see if you can turn with me uh, quickly, but uh, Lamentations chapter 3, we sang about it once already, and Lamentations is right after Jeremiah because Lamentations are the Lamentations of Jeremiah. Jeremiah. Very good. One of the major prophets... Uh, in Lamentations chapter 3 and verse 20. The first thing I want to do, and this is, just, this is the most exciting thing, and, and as we are reminded about it in the songs that we sing, is that we have hope for every new day. We have hope for every new day. We heard a message recently from Matt Kinneman about this, that it's a new beginning every day, and there's something about that and something found in these verses here. Look in verse 20. He says, uh, I well remember them, meaning the hard times. And he says, my soul is downcast within me, yet this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. Because of the Lord's great love, or His mercies, we are not consumed, for His compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. I say to myself, the Lord is my portion, therefore I will wait for Him. They are new every morning. Every single morning when you wake up, God's got something new for you. It's hard to believe, I know, because we wake up and it's the same. And, and actually we wake up and these, and these bodies are getting older. These bo bodies are getting weaker. Someone said to me this morning, I'm going to get a new pain every day. And I said, thank you very much. But God's... Great love, His mercies, His compassions, they never fail. They're going to be there every single morning because how else are we going to function? How else are we going to make it unless God's mercies are new every morning? It's a new year. But, but we're not looking to the sky to see a ball drop out of the sky. And I, I, I'm, I, I'm not going to ask how many of you 
stayed up till midnight to see a little ball drop down and like, wow, that really that changed my life. <laughs> that gave me such hope and encouragement. No, you just made you tired today. That's all it did. But, but God's mercy is new every day, new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. He's there every day. No matter even when we are faithless, it says he is faithful because he cannot deny himself. He will be there. He will always be there no matter what. New every morning. New every morning. If you don't get anything else of these things we're looking at here, God's going to do something new every morning in your life and in your heart. But our focus needs to keep on him. We need to keep looking to him. How about the second thing? Turn back to Isaiah chapter 43. Isaiah chapter 43. And Isaiah is just before Jeremiah. I think one of these days in the next few weeks, I want to just look at uh, how the, uh, the Old Testament's put together in, in the different sections that are there because it's, uh, it's good to kind of get a big picture. But Isaiah chapter 43 and verse 18, forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. And now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the desert and streams in the wasteland. Maybe God's saying that to you. Maybe you're so focused on the things of the past, the things, the former things. He said, I'm doing something new. I want to do something new in your life and in your heart. Is that exciting? Now, does that a little scary too? If God says, I'm going to do something new and even begins to show you what it is, it begins to be a little scary. Wait, wait, I didn't quite. No, I just want to. And then we start to argue with him, but, but are we going to like submit and, and, and like, like we sang about, Lord, I bend my knee to what he wants to do. He's got something for us. He says, uh, he says I'm doing a new thing. I am doing, the Lord says, a new thing. And that's, again, what I said. I, I, want, I want the new things that God ha- has. I want new stuff in my life, but I want the new stuff that he's doing, not the stuff that I come up with, because that's just... That's just flesh. That's just human. But, but for God to do something new in my life, that's what I want this year, 2012. We don't know how much time we have, but, but would it be filled with the things of God and what God wants to do in my life? He says in Isaiah 42 that, that new things I declare, and before they spring into being, I announce them to you. So, so what is that new thing? Maybe there's one new thing. Maybe, maybe there are new things Plural, he says in, in chapter 42, that he wants to, to do in your life. And maybe he's going to tell you about them beforehand, but maybe he's not. Again, I think it's just an openness to God and what he wants to do. God, what do you want to do in my life this year? How about Isaiah chapter 42, verse 10? 42, chapter 42, verse 10. Something else that's new. This is one of my favorites. Of course, they're all my favorites. Make singing your favorite. It says here, Isaiah 42, verse 10. Sing to the Lord a new song. His praise from the ends of the earth. You who go down to the sea and all that is in it, you islands and all who live in them. Sing to the Lord a new song. His praise from the ends of the earth. 
It's a new song. I've been talking about that recently. It's just that God wants us to sing a new song. The old songs are... And I'm not talking about old songs that are old in, in time. It's old types of song. A new song, a song of praise, a song that lifts God up in our lives. You know, maybe all we're singing is the songs of, of you know, the old days, the old world, the old, uh, the old man. But he wants us to sing a new song. It says in Psalm 33, sing to him a new song, play skillfully and shout for joy. Psalm 40, and, and this is the key, it says he put a new song in my mouth. He put a new song in my mouth. So again, it's not just that I'm going to whip myself up and, and get myself going and get myself moving to sing a new song, but, but uh, it's an openness to God and what God wants to do in my life and that He's going to put, and He can put, a new song in my heart and in my mouth. That's what I want. I want new songs. Play skillfully. Shout for joy. Do you got that new song in your life? Maybe it's something you're thinking about, and, and uh, we're going to, at the end of this study, we're going to look at heaven, but it says in, in Revelation chapter 5, they sang a new song, and they're singing new songs in heaven. It says in the song that they sang was, you are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals because you were slain, and with your blood you purchased men for God from every tribe and language and people and nation. A new song, and it was about Jesus, right? It's a new song. You know, I like music of all different kinds. Honestly, I do. I found, uh, I found a song. <clears throat> I'd heard it somewhere, probably in an elevator or something, um, called, um, it's by Michael Buble, right? How many of you know who that is? And he and it's, talks about it's a new day, it's a new life. And it's a new something or other. I don't know all the words for it, but he goes through all these things that he saw something that was new in them. You know, and, and uh, so I listened to that song a few times, and that was cool. But, but you know what? I only have so much time in my life. And I also only have so much capacity in this brain of mine. And so, and though I, I, you know, I grew up listening to the Beatles and all kinds of music, I could listen to all that stuff. But, but you know what? I only got so much time. And so I have to, I have to think, well, what, you know, what kind of music is really going to help me on my path, on my walk, on my journey with, with the Lord? You see what I'm saying? Sometimes you've got to be a little selective and you've got you to make some choices because, because he's calling us to sing a new song. And, and again, I'm not against all kinds of music except maybe death metal because they do just like glorify the devil and some of that stuff. And if you're listening to that, you, you, are, on a, you are on a very bad path. But again, all music is not bad. But how much time do you have? And how much capacity do you have in your heart? They sang a new song, You Are Worthy, speaking about Jesus Christ. A new song. How about a new life? Ezra. Who can tell me where Ezra is? Ezra, Nehemiah, Esther. Right before Nehemiah, which is uh, right before Job. We're going to go through this, but not today. Ezra 9.9. Ezra 9.9. In the, in the prayer of Ezra, in 9.9, Though we are slaves, our God has not deserted us in our bondage. He has shown us kindness 
in the sight of the kings of Persia. He has granted us new life to rebuild the house of our God and repair its ruins. And he has given us a wall of protection in Judah and Jerusalem. God has granted us new life. He's granted us new life. Granted us new life. I, I don't think we fully appreciate that. You know, I really don't. He's granted us new life. In the book of Acts, it says uh, uh, they were told to go stand in the temple courts and tell the people the full message of this new life. The full message of this new life. To tell other people there's a new life. There's a new life that's available for you and for me. Not the old life, but the new life. Turn with me to Romans chapter 6. Let's go into the New Testament here. Romans chapter 6 and verse 4, a verse we've looked at recently and, and uh, it, it just has so much meaning there. Romans chapter 6 verse 4, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, Romans. We were therefore buried with Him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. We too may live a new life through the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus. As we are part of that, we too may live a new life. Are you living the new life? Is it, is it part of what your life is? Do you want that in your life? Do you want to be living the new life? It's found in Jesus. That's what it says here. That's what it means here. New life. New song. How about 2 Corinthians? Look at, let's look at 2 Corinthians chapter, chapter 3. 2 Corinthians chapter 3. Something else that's new. So Acts Romans, 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 6. Keep an eye out for that little passage, that verse that maybe God has, wants to speak into your heart and into your life. Verse 6, he says, He has made us competent as ministers of a new covenant, not of the letter, but of the Spirit, for the letter kills, but the Spirit gives life. You see what's new there? What's new? What is he talking about new there? The covenant, the new covenant, the New Testament, the new covenant, the old covenant was, was based on what? On law, on works. The new covenant is based on grace. He says it's a new covenant, not of the letter, the letter of the law, but of the Spirit. The Spirit gives life, the Holy Spirit in our lives. God doing something new, this new covenant this new agreement, this new promise, this new uh, uh, thing between us and God that's based on Jesus. You remember, of course, that, that Jesus said that, uh, it says that after supper he took the cup, and what did he say? He said, this cup is what? The new covenant in my blood. The new covenant in my blood, which is poured out for you. And the writer of the Hebrews says that there's a, a new in a living way that's open to us or for us through the curtain that is through the blood of Jesus, His body. There's a new covenant. There's a new relationship with God that's based on His grace, totally on His grace, not on what you and I can do. That's new. It's a new covenant. 
How about 2 Corinthians chapter 5? And you probably already were thinking about this verse, perhaps, when you heard the word new. Verse 17, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is what? A new creation. Go ahead and say that one more time. He is a new creation. The old has gone, the new has come. He is a new creation. And, you know, again, this is, I think, one of those things that we got to keep reminding ourselves that, hey, God has done something in my life, and I, if I belong to Christ, I am a new creation. That doesn't mean my body has been made new. Again, the, the, it's breaking down, it's, it's, it's getting old. But inside, God has made us new. The enemy tells us all kinds of stuff and because that's kind of his whole thing is to steal and to kill and to destroy. He's a thief. He lies and tells us things that aren't true. God's Word tells us what the truth is and God's Word says here this, that, that you and I, if we are in Christ, we are a new creation. We are a new creation. Thinking back again what I was saying earlier about the, the fact that God is a creator. He, he, he created a new creation within us. Did he just take what I had and, and me and make something good out of it? Reconstitute what was there? No, he did something brand new. And he did this, this incredible creation within me to make me one of his own. That's something that you and I have been given as believers, as Christians in him. It says in uh, <clears throat> First Peter that in his great mercy he's given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. New birth, new creation. Galatians says this, neither circumcision or uncircumcision means anything, speaking about the law, but what counts is a new creation. That's what really matters, is that we're, we've been made new in the very depths of who we are. Think about that. Have you really been made new in, your, in yourself? And I'm not talking about, well, you know, we, we go on in our Christian life, and yeah, we, we kind of forget about who we are, and... But, but maybe you've never experienced that new life within you, that new creation within you. That's why I believe that if you have been born again, you know there's something that has changed in you because it is radical. That doesn't mean that all of a sudden you start floating on the ground or anything, but, but you know inside you that something, is, something of God is inside you. If you ask Him for it, He'll do it for you. He'll give it to you. How about Ephesians chapter 4? Ephesians chapter 4. I just got a few more for you here. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 22. You were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, and to be made new in the attitude of your minds, and to put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. When you read these verses, doesn't it look like there's, there's some part that we play in, in, um, in kind of going along with what God wants to do instead of living life the old way? We all have, you know, the old life, the old self, and, and we have this flesh that we fight against and we can just kind of go along with it. Or we could say, no, I'm going to go God's way. And God's way is the way of the, of the new self, the new man. 
Created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. Created by God Himself, and this is what He wants us to do. So I think it's not something that we whip up again, but it's a cooperation with God's Spirit in our lives that we would be made new in the attitude of our minds. Made new in the attitude of our minds. I don't know about you, but sometimes I get an attitude. Do you ever get an attitude? And, and, but God says, listen, I got a new attitude. And I want you to have the new attitude, but it's a, an attitude that's to be created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. That's a, that's a big change. An attitude of righteousness and holiness, being right with God and being right with people around us. A new man, new self. Colossians says, you have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge in the image of its creator, being more like God, the new self, being the new. How about back in Luke chapter 5? We've got to move quickly here. Luke chapter 5 and verse 37. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Luke chapter 5, verse 37. And no one pours new wine into old wine skins. If he does, the new wine will burst the the skins, and the wine will run out, and the wine skins will be ruined. No, new wine must be poured into new wine skins. Verse 39, and no one after drinking old wine wants the new, for he says the old is better. New wine, new wine skins, but yet there's that thing within us that still wants the old. No, I want the old. The old tasted better. You know, the old was good. The old ways are good, but if God wants to do something new, He wants to pour new wine into our lives, He wants us to be like new wineskins and be flexible. And, and, and because the old wineskins were not flexible anymore, they had hardened. They weren't able to, to uh, take that new wine as it expanded. If God wants to do something new in our lives, are we just going like, to fight against Him? No, I will not. I will not. I cannot. New wine must be poured into new wineskins. God, I want you to make me a new wineskin. I want you to do something new in my life. How about John chapter 13? John 13, what does he say there about a new command? What's the new command? Verse 34, he says, A new command I give you. Love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this all men will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. A new command I give you to love one another. Maybe that's something for you or me. Maybe we haven't been very loving. Maybe we don't have God's love coming through us. But he says this is the way all men will know you are my disciples if you have love going in, in, in through you. Again, is it our love? No, it's God. It's that agape love. It's the love of God that, that we need to, again, uh, submit to the, to the work of God in our lives that He might do it and work through us. And lastly, I want to look at kind of things that are ahead. Isaiah chapter 65, which will bring us into the book of Revelation. But Isaiah chapter 65 and verse 17 Isaiah, he says there, 
Behold, I will create new heavens and a new earth. The former things will not be remembered, nor will they come to mind. I'm going to create new heavens and a new earth. God is going to do something new in the future. There's a, there's a sense of new things, God doing new things in our lives, but there's also uh, the fact is that, that we have something to look forward to. And, and we have a hope, the blessed hope, and that God is preparing things and God is working things out and, and there will be a new heavens and a new earth, a new earth. Second uh, Peter, he says, but keep in keeping with his promise, we are looking forward to a new heaven and a new earth, the home of righteousness. We're looking forward to that. Yeah, we, 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 we ask God to do what he's going to do in our lives here and now, and it's not always easy, it's difficult, but, but we have our eyes on, on heaven, on our home, because we're just passing through, right? We're, we're, our citizenship isn't here. Where is our citizenship? Let's turn back to the, to the back of the book now, Revelation chapter 21, 22 chapters in, um, in the book of Revelation. So we're in the second to the last chapter in our Bibles, in our scripture, and in the book that we uh, believe is God's word, that God spoke. In verse 1 of chapter 21, he says, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth for the earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away and there was no longer any sea i saw a new heaven and a new earth god is going to do something he's going to create a new heaven and a new earth just for you and just for me those that that have surrendered and submitted to him in verse 2 we see there the new jerusalem i saw the holy city the new jerusalem coming down out of heaven from god prepared as a bride beautifully dressed for her husband. You see that picture there. The new Jerusalem, he's, he's prepared it for you and for me. We are the bride of Christ. He uses it, the, the picture here of the new Jerusalem prepared like a bride that's beautifully dressed for her husband. Well, he's preparing that for us. And finally, the very last use of the word new is found in verse 5. He said, He who was seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. I make all things new. And then he said, Write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. I am making everything new. God's going to do it. Again, what I started with this idea, we need to look to God. What does God want to do? And at the very end of the whole thing, when it's all said and done, He's making it all new. If you look at the context in verses 1 to 3, we already read verses 1 and 2. Verse 3 says, And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Now the dwelling of God is with men. He will live with them. They will be His people. God Himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain. For the old order of things has passed away. And then he goes on to say that and I am making everything new. The, the context of, of the pain and the suffering and, and that which is in this life and in this world. He's going to make it new. Ultimately, it's not, it's not what the world says we're going to have a new year and, and happy new year. No, we look forward to the God who says, I am making all things new. 
the only one who can, the God of the new. Do you see that? Does that make any sense to you? I want you to, uh, to uh, turn to one more passage in Philippians chapter 3. Philippians chapter 3 and um, verse 13 and 14. He says, brothers, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward, toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead. Press on toward the goal. That's what he wants you and I to do. Maybe there's new steps and new avenues, new direction, something new he wants to do in your life, but, but you keep looking back to the past. He says, let that go. I've got something new for you, perhaps. The past is gone. It's done. But, but for you and I to look to God for what he wants to do in our lives, it's a new beginning every day. One woman said these words. She says, I suppose when we wake up on January 1st, the world will look the same. But there is a reminder of the resurrection at the start of each new year, each new decade. And that's why I also like sunrises, Mondays, and new seasons. God seems to be saying with me, you can always start afresh. Isn't that true? I want to just close in reading what I put on the back of your bulletin uh, for you today, except I need to borrow somebody's because I, I don't know what I did with mine. Thank you. If you want to read along with me uh, on the back, this is from uh, Excerpts from the Streams in the Desert, Volume 2. Forgetting those things which are behind. And he says, Thou shalt remember all the way which the Lord thy God led thee, Deuteronomy 8.2. Forgetting ills behind me, the sorrows past and gone, forgetting all my wanderings too sad to dwell upon, remembering God's great goodness in times of stress and strain, remembering His restorings, I praise my God again. We stand together at the gateway of another year. It may be a year of many blessed experiences. Follow Him who goes before, the one who went before His people of old, a guiding light a constant protection, an unfailing friend and counselor, and almighty Savior. When shadows deepen and fear rides on the moaning wind, when sorrow comes and we wander in the misty veil of grief, when joy beckons and our way is sunlit, remember His past leading and know that all is well. When specters rise hauntingly from the past, when old heartaches and sorrows seem to weigh us down and blot out the sunshine, Forget those things which are behind and reach forward to the joys before us. Paul said, I press toward the mark. Here there is urgency and nothing must be allowed to hamper the runner's progress. We make our own hindrances many times. Our master has done all he can to free us from every weight, giving us forgiveness for the past, help in the present, Assurance for the future. So, dear pilgrim, as we face the coming days of a new year, knowing that each one brings our master's return nearer, let us lay aside every weight and press toward the mark with singleness, 
of heart looking unto Jesus. January 1st, forgetting the past, I press onward. One of God's glorious gifts to mankind is to bestow upon Him the dawn of a new year. New opportunities and challenges are before Him. A chance to try again, to make another endeavor to successfully accomplish the ambitions which were perhaps cast aside with discouragement in the year past. Life is full of beginnings. As one stands at the gate and with doubtful hand draws aside the curtain and peers into the unknown, he begins today by taking his first step across the threshold of the new year. It is already a beautiful year because it is another year of our Lord. Let's pray. Our gracious Father, our, our heavenly Father, we come and we stop and we are, are quieting our hearts before you and, and asking God, what is it that you want to do new in my life this year? And yeah, the things around us, we need new things. But Lord, what's most important is the things you want to do new in, inside of me and in me and through me. God, uh, we're fearful. I'm fearful of new things. But there's so much joy and excitement in what you bring and stepping out and seeing what you're going to do and what you are going to do when we, when we f- just find the way that you're going and go your way. Mm-hmm. Father, we lay aside our own resolutions and and our own promises, and we look to you and to your promises and your resolutions that you're going to do something good. And you have done a good work in us, and you're going to carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus when we will be home to the new heaven and new earth and new Jerusalem and all the new things that you are making and creating and preparing for us even now as we speak. 